Section twenty six of the Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume Nine. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in November two thousand eighteen. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume Nine, by Anonymous translated by richard francis burton when it was the nine hundred and thirty-ninth night shahrazad said it hath reached me o auspicious king that when the captain embarked with abu sir he bore him back to the city so abu sir landed and going up to the palace entered the council chamber where he found the king seated facing his officers in sore cark and care by reason of the seal-ring and daring not tell any of his folk anent its loss when he saw abu sir he said to him did we not cast thee into the sea how hast thou contrived to come forth of it abu sir replied o king of the age when as thou badest throw me into the sea thy captain carried me to an island and asked me of the cause of thy wrath against me saying what hast thou done with the king that he should decree thy death i answered by allah i know not that i have wrought him any wrong quoth he thou wast high in rank with the king and haply some one envied thee and threw out certain hints concerning thee to him so that he is become incensed against thee but when i visited thee in the hammam thou entreatest me honourably and i will requite thee thy hospitality to me by setting thee free and sending thee back to thine own land then he set a great stone in the sack in my stead and cast it into the sea but when thou signest to him to throw me in thy seal-ring dropped from thy finger into the main and a fish swallowed it now i was on the island a-fishing and this fish came up in the net with the others whereupon i took it intending to broil it but when i opened its belly i found the signet ring therein so i took it and put it on my finger presently up came two of the servants of the kitchen questing fish and i signed to them with my hand knowing not the property of the seal ring and their heads fell off then the captain came back and seeing the ring on my finger acquainted me with its spell and behold i have brought it back to thee for that thou dealtest kindly with me and entreatedst me with the utmost honour nor is that which thou hast done me of kindness lost upon me here is thy ring take it but an i have done with thee aught deserving of death tell me my crime and slay me and thou shalt be absolved of sin in shedding my blood so saying he pulled the ring from his finger and gave it to the king who seeing abu sir's noble conduct took the ring and put it on and felt life return to him afresh then he rose to his feet and embracing the barber said o man thou art indeed of the flower of the well-born blame me not but forgive me the wrong i have done thee had any but thou gotten the hold of this ring he had never restored it to me answered abu sir o king of the age and thou wouldst have me forgive thee tell me what was my fault which drew down thine anger upon me so that thou commandest to do me die rejoined the king by allah tis clear to me that thou art free and guiltless in all things of offence since thou hast done this good deed 
only the dyer denounced thee to me in such and such words and he told him all that abu Kur had said abu sir replied by allah o king of the age i know no king of the nazarenes nor during my days have ever journeyed to a christian country nor did it ever come into my mind to kill thee but this dyer was my comrade and neighbor in the city of alexandria where life was straitened upon us therefore we departed thence to seek our fortunes by reason of the narrowness of our means at home after we had recited the opening chapter of the koran together pledging ourselves that he who got work should feed him who lacked work and there befell me with him such and such things then he went on to relate to the king all that had betided him with abu Kur the dyer how he had robbed him of his dirhams and had left him alone and sick in the khan closet and how the doorkeeper had fed him of his own monies till allah recovered him of his sickness when he went forth and walked about the city with his budget as was his wont till he espied the diary about which folk were crowding and so he looked at the door and seeing abu Kur seated on the bench there went in to salute him whereupon he accused him of being a thief and beat him a grievous beating brief he told him his whole tale from first to last and added o king of the age twas he who counselled me to make the depilatory and presented to thee saying the hammam is perfect in all things but it lacketh this and know o king of the age that this drug is harmless and we use it in our land where it is one of the requisites of the bath but i had forgotten it so when the dyer visited the hammam i entreated him with honour and he reminded me of it and enjoined me to make it forthwith but do thou send after the porter of such a khan and the workmen of the diary and question them all of that which i have told thee accordingly the king sent for them and questioned them one and all and they acquainted him with the truth of the matter then he summoned the dyer saying bring him barefooted bareheaded and with elbows pinioned now he was sitting in his house rejoicing in abu sir's death but ere he could beware the king's guards rushed in upon him and cuffed him on the nape after which they bound him and bore him into the presence where he saw abu sir seated by the king's side and the doorkeeper of the khan and workmen of the diary standing before him quoth the doorkeeper to him is no this thy comrade whom thou robbest of his silvers and leftest with me sick in the closet doing such and such by him and the workman said to him is not this he whom thou badest us seize and beat therewith abu Kur's baseness was made manifest to the king and he was certified that he merited torture yet sorer than the torments of munkar and nakir so he said to his guards take him and parade him about the city and the markets and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say end of night nine thirty nine when it was the nine hundred and fortieth night she continued it hath reached me o auspicious king that when the king heard the words spoken by the doorkeeper of the caravanserai and the workmen of the diary he was certified of the vileness of abu Kur. 
so he upbraided him with flout and fleer and said to his guards take him and parade him about the city and the market streets then set him in a sack and cast him into the sea whereupon quoth abu sir o king of the age accept my intercession for him for i pardon him of all he hath done with me but quoth the king and thou pardon him against all his offences against thee i cannot pardon him his offences against me and he cried out saying take him so they took him and paraded him about the city after which they set him in a sack with quicklime and cast him into the sea and he died drowned and burnt then said the king to the barber o abu sir ask of me what thou wilt and it shall be given thee and he answered saying i ask of thee to send me back to my own country for i care no longer to tarry here then the king gifted him great store of gifts over and above that which he had whilom bestowed on him and amongst the rest a galleon freighted with goods and the crew of this galleon were mamelukes so he gave him these also after offering to make him his wazir whereto the barber consented not presently he farewelled the king and set sail in his own ship manned by his own crew nor did he cast anchor till he reached alexandria and made fast to the shore there then he landed and one of his mamelukes seeing a sack on the beach said to abu sir o oh my lord there is a great heavy sack on the seashore with the mouth tied up and i know not what therein so abu sir came up and opening the sack found therein the remains of abu Kur, which the sea had borne thither he took it forth and burying it near alexandria built over the grave a place of visitation and endowed it with mortmain writing over the door these couplets man is known among me as his deeds attest which make noble origin manifest backbite not lest other men bite thy back who saith aught the same shall to him be addressed shun immodest words and indecent speech when thou speakest in earnest or e'en in jest we bear with the dog which behaves itself but the lion is chained lest he prove a pest and the desert carcasses swim the main while union pearls on the sandbank rest no sparrow would hustle the sparrow hawk were it not by folly and weakness pressed a sky is written on page of air who doth kindly of kindness shall have the best beware of gathering sugar from bitter gourd twill prove to its origin like in taste after this abu sir abode a while till allah took him to himself and they buried him hard by the tomb of his comrade abu Kur, wherefore that place was called abu Kur and abu sir but it is now known as abu Kur only this then is that which hath reached us of their history and glory be to him who endureth for ever and i and by whose will interchange the night and the day and of the stories they tell is one anent abdullah the fisherman and abdullah the merman there once was a fisherman named abdullah who had a large family to wit nine children and their mother so was he poor very poor owning naught save his net every day he used to go to the sea a-fishing and if he caught little he sold it and spent the price on his children 
after the measure of that which Allah vouchsafed him of provision. But if he caught much, he would cook a good mess of meat, and buy fruit, and spend without stint, till nothing was left him, saying to himself, The daily bread of tomorrow will come tomorrow. Presently his wife gave birth to another child, making a total of ten, and it chanced that day that he had nothing at all. So she said to him, O oh, my master, see and get me somewhat wherewithal I may sustain myself. Quoth he, I am going, under favour of Almighty Allah, this day seawards to fish on the luck of this newborn child, that we may see its fair fortune. And quoth she, Put thy trust in Allah. So he took his net and went down to the seashore, where he cast it on the luck of the little one, saying, O oh my God, make his living of ease, not of unease, and abundant, not scant. Then he waited a while, and drew in the net, which came up full of rubbish, and sand, and pebbles, and weeds, and he saw therein no sign of fish, neither muscle nor little. He cast it again, and waited then drew it in but found no catch at all and threw it a third and a fourth and a fifth time still not a single fish came up so he removed to another place beseeching his daily bread of allah almighty and thus he kept working till the end of the day but caught not so much as a minnow whereat he fell a marvelling in himself and said self-communing hath allah then created this newborn child without lot of provision this may never never be he who slitteth the corners of the lips hath pledged himself for its provision because almighty allah is the bountiful the provider so saying he shouldered his net and turned him homeward broken-spirited and heavy at heart about his family for that he had left them without food more by token that his wife was in the straw as he continued trudging along and saying in himself how shall I do, and what shall I say to the children to-night? He came to a baker's oven, and saw a crowd about it, for the season was one of dearth, and in those days food was scant with the folk. So people were proffering the baker money, but he paid no heed to any of them, by reason of the dense crowd. The fishermen stood looking and snuffing the smell of the hot bread, and indeed his soul longed for it, by reason of his hunger, till the baker caught sight of him and cried out to him come hither o fisherman so he went up to him and the baker said dost thou want bread but he was silent quoth the baker speak out and be not ashamed for allah is bountiful and thou have no silver i will give thee bread and have patience with thee till we'll betide thee and quoth the fisherman by allah o master i have indeed no money but give me bread enough for my family and i will leave thee this net in pawn till the morrow rejoined the baker nay my poor fellow this net is thy shop and the door of thy daily subsistence so and thou pawn it wherewithal wilt thou fish tell me how much will suffice thee and replied the fisherman ten half dirhams worth so he gave him ten nuffs worth of bread and ten in silver saying take these ten nuffs and cook thyself a mess of meat therewith so wilt thou owe me twenty for which bring me fish to-morrow but an thou catch nothing again come and take thy bread and thy ten nuffs and i will have patience with thee till better luck betide thee and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day 
and ceased saying her permitted say. And this ends the 940th night.